Welcome to Get Up in the Cool, old-time music with Cameron DeWitt and friends. This week's friend is Devin Forrest Hines, with special guest friend Amelia Baker on guitar. We recorded this in Portland before the old-time gathering about a month and a half ago. Uh, Devin chose some really neat tunes for our jam, and I'm pretty sure I'll keep some of them, uh, especially his version of Shady Grove, which we play towards the end. That's not clickbait-style rhetoric. I actually like that tune the best out of all the tunes we played. It just happens to be the second to last. Uh, Stick around afterwards, and I'll tell you how you can hear more of Devin's and Amelia's music and support Get Up in the Cool. But first, here's my interview and jam with Devin Forrest-Hines and Amelia Baker. Enjoy. Forrest Hines and Amelia Baker. Hello. Welcome to Get Up in the Cool. Thanks. Hello. Thanks for having us. Uh, yeah. Thanks for getting up in the cool. <laughs> That's a thing now. Cool. This is the thing I'm trying to start. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, we are in North Portland, 
few days before the Portland Old Time Gathering. Um, Devin, you've been in Thailand for a month. Yeah, I was so just in Thailand for the last month. So. No, no fiddling there. Absolutely no fiddling. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> nothing of the sort. Did yeah. you find the old time scene? Yeah, it must be really <laughs> hidden because I learned. <laughs> um, yeah, and uh, Amelia, you study uh, Irish fiddling at in the University of Limerick, yep, right? In Ireland, cool. yeah, in Limerick, so. Ireland, yeah. Okay, cool. And uh, you both are in a band with Joel Brown, an intermittent band. When you guys are. Yeah, Around with some yeah. some rotating cast members. Okay, cool, cool. Yeah, rats gone to rest. Yeah, that's rats right. Gone to rest. Former guest of the show, Joel. Okay, cool. Yeah, yeah. Uh, where did you learn this tune? Um, this tune I just learned from listening to a Marcus Martin recording and thinking it was like one of the cooler versions of Cotton Eye Joe that I've ever heard. Yeah, and almost as it. good as the the like high school dance one. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah almost that cool yeah um and listen to it like every night for a month being like i'm not good enough to learn this tune but i want to uh and then one day i did and i've been playing it ever since (laughs) yeah it's really good i like how um there's not a lot of notes in it but it's deceptively difficult to learn like when i was learning the uh from your recording of you playing it um just like little little things like going Yeah. Like the, the, those little repeats and where they happen are somehow inexplicably like counterintuitive. Right. Yeah. And it's like you hear it and you're like, wow, there's not really that many notes. And it seems like this kind of bare bones tune, but there's like so much to it. Yeah. When there's not many notes, it really matters that you're playing the right notes. Right. Yeah. Sometimes (laughs) the like less notier tunes are often like hardest. Yeah. In my opinion. Yeah. You chose a lot of tunes like that for this one. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I guess that's kind of what I do. I I don't really play like a bunch of notey tunes, but yeah. Yeah. Cool. So take us to the beginning. Uh, how did you start playing music? Did you grow up in a musical household? Um, not really. Um, my dad played some like percussion and my mom like casually sings, but definitely not like a musical household. Yeah. Did you grow up with like lessons or anything? Um, I had guitar lessons when I was like eight or nine, but I hated them. Like I just wanted to like jump right in and not practice chords or scales or whatever. Um, what, did you, I did, what were you listening to at oh, that time? Just like only like metal and punk Great. pretty much. <laughs> any, any specific names? Oh god, it's so embarrassing. Um, <laughs> the I mean, I guess when I was like when I was eight years old, I was obsessed with Metallica and just wanted to play like distorted like metal. Nothing guitar. embarrassing about that. Yeah, <laughs> they're great. <laughs> and uh, yeah, so that's all I wanted to do. And lessons weren't really for me, I think. Yeah. Um, and then I just got into punk rock and um, learned guitar on my own and just kind of learned it my own way. Yeah. And played in punk bands and just forced myself to do it because I was like, this is the only way I'm going to learn how to do this is if Great. I Great. jump in a band. So um, did you, I know you started playing fiddle at the same time as Joel. Were you, were you both exposed to this music at the same time, like on tour yeah. or how did it happen? I guess so. Just through various friends that we yeah. had and people we played music with were like starting to learn fiddle themselves and were playing tunes. And at, until that point we were like, had heard of old time music, but yeah. mostly just like banjo players, sure. like Roscoe Holcomb. We yeah. really liked, and we're just like, 
trying to learn songs, but we didn't understand what like fiddle tunes were, like right. how to get into that, I guess. Um, yeah, it's, there's something about it that sort of needs like explaining. I was just at uh, the coffee shop around around the corner. Uh, Woodlawn. No, the something eleven. Oh, yeah, coffee, coffee eleven. 11. Coffee yeah. eleven. I was just there, <laughs> and the barista there was saying like, "Oh, my husband's a banjo player," and. Uh, you know, but she was like, yeah, he's trying to figure out how to jam and he's into old timey bluegrass. You know, when I hear like people like conflate the two, like very like, you know, I'm like, oh, okay. So you're like trying to figure out what the definitions of the genres are and like right. where, how to play what, when and stuff like that. It's like, can be, there's a lot of layers. It's a lot of layers. A it's like bit high of context exposure. culture. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, because yeah, I couldn't differentiate between old time and bluegrass when I first started. It's like the key instruments are there, but yep. there's I can't differentiate the genre as much. Yeah. So yeah, like, um, did you did you go to like a festival at some point, or like how? Wh when did you start playing? You started playing banjo first. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I, for in like, a folk punk band. Yes. Uh, which I will not mention the name of. <laughs> okay. Um, <laughs> And, uh, yeah, I started playing banjo first and started learning three finger, yeah. but not quite like Scrug style, okay. just like kind of my own sure. version of that. Yeah. Um, and I actually went to fiddle tunes in Port Townsend, Great. um, not as a registered, uh, student, I guess, but as just kind of like a crasher. And I actually got escorted from the premises oh, snap. back in like 2009 or so, something Yeah, like I've been that. actually meaning, because I've never been to Philippines. I'm planning on going oh. this year um, now that I'm moving back. Uh, but um, is it just a, do you have to be a student there? Is there a way to like pay to get in but not be a student or like what's the... Uh, it's kind of a gray area. Kind of gray area. <laughs> yeah. we, usually we get a scholarship. Okay. And I've gone to most of the classes every time I go because I think yeah. they're great. Yes. A lot of our buddies don't sign up. Gotcha. They've been pretty nice to all of us. Okay. Even those of us who haven't paid to okay. do the thing. Mm -hmm. It seems like the public comes like on the weekends for dances. Gotcha. Yeah. It's Especially on like, 4th of July. And yeah, it's a fairly open like atmosphere, yeah. at least in the evening time, I would yeah. say. But it's an amazing festival. It's one of my favorites and yeah. kind of the thing that got me like really inspired to play this music um, i um i don't know if i know you've been listening to backlogs and stuff but uh bertram levy i got him on the show and i guess he like was one of the people who started it right yeah yeah. yeah 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 cool uh let's play another tune then i have some more questions for you uh what cool. are we playing next trouble on the mind yeah let's do that yeah. one a little salary tune
Uh, that um, phrase length that I said that I would get, I missed it like every time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Very tricky, Salier. Yeah. <laughs> Got me. Yeah. Uh, um, that's another question, I guess. Uh, I would assume that most of the uh, metal and most of the folk punk that you played probably had pretty like square um, phrase lengths and beats and time signatures and was probably like easier to count. I guess, yeah, for the most part. Unless you were um, listening to like super progressive metal and stuff. Oh yeah, I mean, I guess the, yeah, a lot of the stuff I was listening to is pretty straightforward. Uh-huh. But a lot of the stuff I was trying to play at the time wasn't necessarily straightforward. Mm-hmm. Like, I would add extra beats without knowing I was doing that. I was like, oh, this kind of sounds cool, but... Yeah. Because it wasn't also, like, dance music, right. really, either, so... Right. So, I guess, um, what were the, like, challenges of... My my goal for this, this show is, like, I want, you know, trad musicians to listen to it, but I also really want, uh, like, people to, like, have, like, an inroad to, like... I want the party to be bigger... So, right. so like, I know there's a lot of people like this barista's husband or like, you know, like that want to participate, but they don't necessarily know how, like, what were the challenges of like going from playing popular music and modern music to playing fiddle tunes? I guess just the way that it's done, just like in this, there's like such a formula to it yeah. that I guess I wasn't used to or didn't know about until I was like introduced and like indoctrinated yeah. into the culture i guess yeah um i guess part of that would be like the difference between playing tunes and songs right yeah it took yeah. me a while to like learn the difference and also just like the kind of like uh the ear training that comes with that yeah. it wasn't something i was really that used to because i would spend like hours in my room trying to write like a punk song or something and it yeah. wasn't like as much improvisation or like things that you'd pick up along the way yeah. i guess what was the do you remember the first tune you learned on fiddle oh god it was probably like candy girl or something like that candy which i girl. have since forgotten i don't know how to play that see there's been some there's been a little bit of uh uh, uh controversy about this tune oh, online, really? a little bit and this is this not like uh this is it's racist or something but like uh candy girl so like someone recently posted like hey i'm looking for tunes to learn like easy tunes to learn and someone was like hey you should learn candy girl there's only a few notes in it and then like uh Rafe Stefanini do you know him mm-hmm. yeah uh he he started posting he's like candy girl is one of the most sophisticated bowings <laughs> like it's oh, the wow. hardest tune to play in the old time canon and it's not an easy tune <laughs> and so <laughs> it's like a pretty interesting like uh you know back and forth about like the perceptions of what's like playable or not yeah <laughs> yeah yeah, I mean, I, it's such a... That's kind of like what we were talking about, about how it's just, like, not notey. Yeah. But at the same time, it's kind of complicated because you have to fill that space somehow. And yeah. I guess that, like, some kind of complicated bowing would do that. But. Yeah, I often find, yeah, like, the the tunes, like, um, these calico tunes that we're going to do later. Mm-hmm. Like some For me, as, like, someone who's trained to, like, listen to melody... Mm-hmm. Um, those are really hard for me to pick up because they don't have the same cues. They don't have the same expectations. Um, yeah, I had to like learn a new musical intuition, um, like to, to develop like a separate set of like expectations um, for, yeah, because it doesn't have the same like harmonic tension. Mm-hmm. Right. It's true. Yeah. 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 And they're like a little more open-ended and just yeah. less, uh, I guess, more space to fill in, you know? Yeah. Yeah, like when you're 
because I, I very seldom like actually play guitars, mm-hmm. uh, pl- play guitar in an old time jam. But when what do you do, like when you're Amelia, when you're uh, backing up tunes that don't have a a strict chord progression, like or like an obvious one? How do you navigate that? I mean. To be honest, I'm thinking a lot more just about the groove and the feeling and kind of trying to like lock in with whoever's playing more than I'm thinking about the chords that much because oftentimes there isn't much to do. Yeah. But if you're just, if you don't like change your rhythmic pattern at all, then it's just so straight and boring. So. Yeah. Yeah. I often feel like, yeah, I don't know how to turn my brain off whenever I'm playing guitar. And like, really? yeah. <laughs> like you yeah, know, I'm like, I'm like, what are the chords? Like, what is the correct one to do? Yeah. And uh, yeah, I'm just like, I'm enjoying playing with you because you seem to have a lot of a lot of freedom in how you're interpreting the I feel like I do. I actually like when I play fiddle I feel my brain can't turn off and I'm thinking about like yeah. what exactly is happening and I really enjoy playing old time guitar because it just feels more relaxed and I get to listen more to what other people are doing. Yeah. I actually don't listen to myself as much when I'm playing guitar. Huh. Mm. I'm just kinda like, eh, not a whole lot's happening. Here. Yeah. Yeah. Also I guess the the whole like just like the your proximity to it, the hole is facing like away from yeah, you. Yeah, absolutely. And when you're playing fiddle, uh, even if face. you're playing it down like like you are, Devin, it's still just pointed right. Yeah, at it's you. just staring right back up at you. That was one of the things that like when I started playing fiddle, uh, I was just like, ah, this is so loud, and I just like <laughs> it's so conf- it's like looking in the mirror, you know, it's like yeah. it's so confronting you, <laughs> like every <laughs> right every squeal, you know, like uh, it's just like. You have to listen to it. I remember I played with like a mute for the first like six months because I was just like, yeah. you can't stand this. this. Yeah, same here. Whereas, and then someone told me to take it off. Yeah, like, yeah. Now it's the same time, thing. It's like, what are you doing? Off. Take that mute off. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You want to, want to hear them squeals. Yeah. <laughs> I think often because it's so loud in your ear, you think it's so loud for everyone yeah. else. And then people will be sitting across the room. They're like, I can't actually really hear yeah. you. You have to project. Mm-hmm. Whereas like banjo is like, I would, I mean, I'm glad that, you know, the banjo is like, pointed away from me and it bounces off the head because that I think allowed me to sit in on a lot of jams mm-hmm. like and just like bust into a jam like at Clifftop or whatever in the middle of the night and just like start playing and because I didn't feel like I was taking up that much room but I probably actually was but that allowed me that allowed me to learn you know whereas yeah. like when I'm like learning how to do I'm still very new to fiddle mm-hmm. so like I I'll like try to be on an outer circle in the jam yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's like don't mind me. It's not an easy instrument. Yeah. Yeah, it's not very <laughs> forgiving. This is not easy. No. Uh, let's play this uh, really great tune title. Uh, Brad Walters. Good yeah. for Brad. I'd like to just imagine that John Salyer had a friend who played this tune that had no name and just yeah. dedicated it. Not to Bradley it. Walters. Yeah. Brad. My boy Brad. Oh, Brad. <laughs> Thank you. 
That's a cool tune. Yeah. I like that little tag. Yeah, totally. I love that tune. I feel like it's more of like a bagpipe tune or something than a whole time tune. Yeah, especially that, um, like... Right. I don't know anything about bag, bagpipes. <laughs> Me neither. <laughs> Amelia? <laughs> Not a whole lot. Yeah. I've actually, though, I can show you later from playing this Irish tune that has, it's, it really f is probably coming from the exact same place. Mm. The A part is exactly the same, almost, and the B part kind of goes in the same direction. It's been really fun. It's called Bradley Hand O'Walters. Bradley <laughs> <Personally>, O'Walters. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Awesome. Uh, so you need to get to Calico tuning. Um, right. Let's uh, get to Calico real quick. I'll just, just get to my Calico, Calico tuning on banjo here. Gonna <laughs> work real hard on it too. All right.
that's a really beautiful team. Yeah, Laurel Lonesome. Uh, another one that was pretty hard, like, I mean, it wasn't impossible to learn, but it was just like, yeah, it was a little tricky. The this thing that took me a re- like years to figure out in old time music mm-hmm. is when is when it doesn't sometimes it doesn't resolve until like the last beat. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> <of> the phrase. <laughs> yeah. And that seems funny because it doesn't always resolve to the same thing. Like you want yeah. to always go to that fifth, but it doesn't always. Yeah. Right. I didn't follow you onto that five any of those. Yeah. <laughs> it's just like, yeah, yeah. it's a banjo. No pressure. I just yeah. say it was a drone on purpose. <laughs> yeah. We love drones. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that sounds cool. I heard a recording of, I think it was Bascom Lamar Lunsford playing the fiddle. And I don't remember the story, so I'm not going to try to, like, paraphrase that. But it was about... Wait, I sir, what was the name? Bascom Lamar Lunsford. He Sorry. was that, that, Northern Car- <laughs> that North Carolina... Like song collector, mm. um, I think he hung out with Marcus Martin quite a bit, and was trying to gather like ballads and yeah. fiddle tunes and sea shanties. I think. Mm. Yeah. One more time, what's that name? Bascom Lamar Lunsford. Okay, yeah. I thought you said like Bas Bascomar Lunsford. <laughs> it's like a fantasy novel name or something. Yeah. Bascom Lamar Lunsford. Mm. <sighs> Some panache on that name. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, he's got some cool albums um, that were recorded, like maybe when he was in the like when he was in his eighties, and they were recorded in like the forties. Mm. And he's just got some cool, mostly ballads and like banjo songs. Mm. Um, that's like one of my favorite albums. Yeah, that I really love. But yeah, so we got one more um, Calco tune. Uh, this is. Renewed my interest in the tune Shady Grove. After right. Showed this to me. Yeah. This is the tune that got I think got me into the tune Shady Grove. Okay, very good. <laughs> I never really liked it, and then I heard this, and I didn't know what it was, and then I was like, okay, of course it's a Salier tune, yeah. and of course it's like kind of like a chestnut that sounds really off or yeah, kind of weird, which is kind of the things I'm drawn to, I guess. Yeah. Right on. <laughs> um, yeah, your yeah. Cotton Eye Joe, your <laughs> right Shady Grove, very good. Yeah. <laughs> Alright, kick it off, man. Thank you. 
<laughs> Love that tune. That's great. <laughs> right on. So, uh, how long have you been fiddling now? Uh, just a little over two years. Two years. Man, <laughs> I need but, to get yeah. to work on my fiddling. <laughs> I also have a lot of time on my hands. All right. I, I, <laughs> Um, but yeah, two two years like I think yeah, two years ago, the summer of twenty fifteen, twenty sixteen, twenty fifteen, and I started filling a month before Clifftop, my very first Clifftop actually. Very good. And I went, and I was just like so like it was almost like a like a drug like experience. Like it was yep. so euphoric, and I don't even think I played fiddle that much. I think I just walked around yeah. and just like watched different jams for like hours, and I just came away feeling so inspired. Yeah, I think, you know, for me, I mean, I don't know how this was for you transitioning into playing traditional music, but um, for me, I was like kind of resistant Yeah. To, to trad music at first because I was coming from a very, you know, from doing songwriting mm -hmm. and uh, um, doing performative music. I was coming from a place of like uh, my conception of music was people write it and then people like listen to it and it's a very self-expression and you take turns expressing mm -hmm. yourself and then ex receiving it and then you know and then you go listen and it's very like one way yeah. and it took me a while to under to appreciate like trad music especially like playing old time in a jam setting because it was like i didn't i didn't know I was still very like attached to this idea of me like having a spotlight mm -hmm. and um, and for people to like listen to me on my terms and like come up, you know, hear this thing that I was doing. And uh, I often describe Clifftop as sort of being the, the turning point where I was like, okay, I'm totally convinced like I'm a convert. Right. And now I like, I get it and I actually really feel the, because uh, up until that point I had like gone to a couple camps you know, and I had gone to some local jams, but I didn't understand like the magnitude of like, oh, I can, this is going to be like way less lonely <laughs> and way, and I'm actually going to be way more understood and I'm going to have way more meaningful relationships playing this music than I probably ever could have hoped, like trying yeah. to be like a, a performing musician or a performing songwriter and uh right was it just it's, like having the group experience that changed that having the group experience i think i think also just like having such a huge group of like really cool young people mm -hmm. that i like <laughs> wanted to hang out with uh, i love playing with older folks but um i guess the the main difference would be when i was like I'm in a huge group of young people mm -hmm. playing the music. It's like, oh, I could do this for the rest of my life. Mm -hmm. right? yeah. <laughs> yeah, we could. Yeah, yeah we together. could. Yeah. yeah, together, yeah. As um, we age. Yeah, yeah, like I'm not going to have to like uh, um, create a scene like once these, right. you know, or people are Or be constantly a anymore. student. Or be constantly a student, yeah. So, mm -hmm. yeah. Uh, yeah, it's, it's like very emotional, expressive, and like, like surprisingly like intimate kind of music that I never would have guessed going into it. And I think that cliff, that first cliff top was when I realized I was like, Oh my God, this is like the raw emotional energy that I looked for in punk rock is also like distilled in this traditional music that's been played for so long. Mm -hmm. and yeah. I just didn't realize, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Here's a question. Uh, so you're, you were, you were super into metal and punk rock. Were your parents like, 
How did they feel about that? <laughs> and then do they know that you play trad music now? You know, and like, do they prefer one or the other? Um, I would imagine that they prefer me playing traditional music. Uh-huh. But I think that at the time, uh, I think they were appreciated it. Yeah. Um, that I was just into this right. form of music so heavily and would yeah. like go out and, and you know, put myself out there and play these shows where I'm just like screaming into a microphone right. and, you know. <laughs> Um, but I think now that I'm older and also playing this music, it's like something they appreciate. Although maybe don't fully understand my obsession with it. Yes. You know? Yeah. <laughs> I've run into that a little bit in my family. I mean, they're like very, very supportive. But uh, I think like my grandparents wish I was still playing classical piano. And uh, uh, I don't know if... <laughs> I think my parents are just glad that I'm like playing music and stuff. Yeah, you can't please everyone. Yeah, yeah, yeah totally. That's, that's true. But there's literally thousands of old time musicians to please. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 That's yeah. That's a thing. Yeah. yeah, I think the it's cool. Cause my so I have one living grandparent who um, lives in Florida and who was raised in the South, and her uh, father grew up in West Virginia around yeah. this music, um, and she doesn't know I play this kind of music, and mm. so. Um, I think that would be kind of a cool connection to make at some point, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I got to interview um, uh, Trisha Spencer and Howard Raines, mm-hmm. um, and they both play Oklahoma music, which is where my grandparents are from. Mm-hmm. And then I, like, put that together, and I was like, when I was talking with them planning the episode, I was like, hey, uh, my, I think my grandparents both are from Oklahoma, and they're like, you should talk to them. And ask if they have any like recommendations mm-hmm. or like what what town are they from? You know, mm-hmm. we'll choose like a tune from that oh, specific cool. town. And it was like really cool to like have a really specific reason to call on my grandparents and be like, hey, I accidentally am stumbling into like music from your wow, yeah, from your tradition and from your neck of the woods. And like, uh, and then we had to, got to have like an awesome conversation about it. And then they like listened to that episode and it was like, oh man, I wasn't. I wasn't expecting for this music to loop back around mm-hmm. into my family. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah, I guess me neither. I didn't know yeah. that existed really until I read my great-grandfather's book of short stories, which he gave to all of his grandkids. Oh, wow. And he talks about corn shuckings and having mm. these parties with all of his neighbors and, pl- and like people around him playing tunes like, I don't know, like Turkey in the Straw or like yeah. Sourwood Mountain. And I wouldn't have known that, uh, like, wow. had I not gotten into this music. And I'm like, oh, wow, this is like some kind of circular thing. Now yeah. I'm like learning these kinds of tunes and into it on my own, I guess. It's pretty special. Yeah, (laughs) totally. Cool. Well, we got one tune left. Uh, You're available to play dances. Yeah, I'm I'm musically single in the Portland, Oregon area. Um, (laughs) This is your classified. (laughs) Dem Force Hines. Banjo, fiddle. Yeah. I, I guess I particularly mostly play banjo around, but I guess I would definitely play fiddle. But this is also kind of your coming out party. Like, this is my fiddle coming yeah, out yeah, party. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> There's a, yeah, the snack platters and wine around us yeah. currently. And, um, yeah, it's very celebratory. Uh, and Amelia, thanks so much for joining of us. Of course, thanks for I feel like me. I should have you on another show so I can ask you questions sure. and play tunes with you. And maybe you can... Maybe we could do one that's like... Uh, the the uh, crossover tunes Irish to because you were yeah. saying that that tune's really similar to was it Brad Walters yeah is that Brad the one yes yeah. maybe you could like absolutely whip up some there's so many I've been trying to make so yeah. many connections with it yeah try to think of it as like 
just the same estranged members of a family rather than yes. a different different tradition. Right on. Well, yeah, what's this last team? I Don't Love Nobody, which is, I guess, a ragtime song. I guess I love plenty of people. Um, <laughs> I can't speak for the uh, writer of this song, really, but... Yeah, I guess it's that old ragtime song that at some point along down the line uh, got turned into a fiddle tune, yeah. I think around the North Carolina area. This is from a version I heard being played that came from Robert Sykes, but I maybe play it a little differently. Yeah. Do you think that this, like, that the title is like a curmudgeonly I don't love nobody or it's just like a like a, a realization of like I've never truly loved someone and I need to be more vulnerable or something. I, I do like that interpretation of it but I imagine it just being like this curmudgeonly guy just crossing his arms being like I don't love nobody. Yeah, yeah. I like that better. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to project a little bit of hope onto that. Yeah. <laughs> it's a call for, it's a cry for help. Yeah. Yeah. The service is curmudgeoned. Yeah, echoing down through the ages now. Yeah. <laughs>
Devin is available for hire in the Portland area, so hit him up with some gigs. And Amelia's band Cinderwell is releasing a new album this May called The Unconscious Echo, and they're touring Ireland and the UK in May and June, so definitely pick that up when it's released and catch them if they're coming through your town. If you're becoming a fan of Get Up In The Cool, please consider supporting the show on Patreon. Go to CameronDeWitt.com and click the Patreon button. Then choose a support level that works for you and get its corresponding reward like an on-air shout-out, a link to the weekly bonus track blog, access to the ever-expanding Get Up In The Cool tune archive, or an invitation to my monthly online banjo workshop. Speaking of on-air shout-outs, I want to say thank you to my newest Patreon supporters, David Putnam, Howard S. Weinberg, and Gary Waldman. You guys are great, and you make me feel very encouraged to keep making the show. I I have some big expenses coming up for Get Up in the Cool, like uh, taxes (laughs) and uh, festival season in general. I also may be going overseas this fall to do some live Get Up in the Cool episodes, which I never thought that would be an option, but here we are. This show is really only possible for me because of my Patreon supporters, and I'm just so grateful for you all. Thank you so much. If you're unable to chip in on Patreon, please share the show around on Facebook and Banjo Hangout and in person. Oh, and uh, you should totally join the Get Up in the Cool Facebook group, which currently has a few polls posted. I have one pinned at the top asking who I should have interview me for the 100th episode of Get Up in the Cool, because a lot of folks have been asking me when I'm going to sit in the hot seat, and I figure that's an opportune time. So join the Facebook group and nominate someone to interview me by adding them to the poll. It could be yourself, it could be a past guest, or somebody new. Or if you already see some names on the list that you like, vote on someone who's already been nominated. Everything I mentioned in this outro is linked in the show notes on your device, my website, and the Get Up in the Cool Facebook page. So click and tap until you've liked and followed and subscribed to everything. That's all for now. Thanks for listening, friends. Come back same time next week to Get Up in the Cool.